This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Praise God. How many people are getting excited about your Bibles? Amen. Glory to God. So this is the second part of the power of God's word, part two, and um, the miracle of the Bible. If you have your, um, uh, if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew seven twenty four. This is a foundational scripture. And uh, this is Jesus. And Jesus is saying this. He's saying, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, he'll be likened to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Amen. So we want to make sure that we're building our house on the rock. Remember last week I said, you know, and actually, if you read more of, of what Jesus said, he says that storms are coming. And, you know, you may not be in a storm right now, but just wait. I'm not trying to prophesy. They are saying there is a storm coming this week. And we're going to stand again. Anybody heard about that? That storm's supposed to be coming. And you know what? I'm standing against the storms. Amen? And we're going to stand against this storm in Jesus' name. Jesus spoke to storms. And we can speak to... You believe you we can speak to storms? Why? Because Jesus is in us. The hope of glory. The works that he does, we can do. And greater works... Because he goes to the Father on our behalf. Jesus is interceding for us. Amen. So you got to think about that. So we can stand against storms. Amen. And so we're talking about the Bible today. And it's going to be a little practical. It may not be as preachy as I, I normally preach. But just bear with me. We're going to talk about how unique the Bible is this morning. And you may not know this, but the Bible is the most read book in history. Uh, the Bible is the best selling book in history. You think God would make a... Uh, would create a book and not it not being the bestseller. So the Bible is the best-selling book in history. And the Bible is the most translated book in history. So this is, that's pretty awesome. A lot of people don't understand that, that this Bible is a powerful book. And, um, you know, it took 1,600 years um, for this Bible to be put together. It, it, it's in over a dozen countries, three continents, it was written in three languages over 40 different people. And what's unique about the Bible, it all has one theme to it. Amen. It's all the same thing. It's the redemption of mankind. Jesus is in the center. He's in the beginning, in the center, and in the, through the end of the Bible. Jesus is in this Bible all the way through from Genesis to Revelation. You believe that? So, so it, it, it doesn't make sense that it would be so uniform. And because you think about the Quran. You know, that was written by Muhammad, one man. And you think about Buddha, it was, you know, his writings was, was written by, by Buddha. And the Analects of Confucius was, was you know, um, written by Confucius. And these are one books that, that most religions um, go with. But our Bible is, is, is written by 40 different people, amen, from all different walks of life. But I would say they pinned it, but who's the author of it? God. The people that, that penned the Bible were poets, prophets, princesses, kings, sailors, soldiers, attorneys, doctors, farmers, scholars, shepherds, priests, historians, fishermen, tax collectors. Amen. These are all different people that God used. And this is what's amazing to me is that God used, you know, the elite kings to write the Bible uh, under his supervision. And he used the normal average person. And this is amazing to me is God wants to use you. 
God, you know, the Bible is still being written through us. Are you hear what I'm saying? The Bible is still going on. The book of Acts has not stopped. Hopefully there, you guys are, are praying for the sick, seeing them recover. You're pray- are you hear what I'm saying to you today? We are still in the book of Acts. Are you listening to me this morning? And so the Bible has not stopped. It's still going. Amen. And so, amen. So uh, the, the Bible is God's autobiography, if you may. It's about him. Amen. In 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, I'm going to be reading this out of the Amplified. It says, all scripture is God breathed, given by divine inspiration. And it is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I, I read the Amplified and I like this. In, in other words, what, what he's saying here, what Paul is saying is that the Bible works. What I'm saying here is it will work in your marriage. It will work in your finances. It will work. It works. The Bible works. You apply the Bible to any area of your life. It will work for your health, for your healing. It will work in delivering you from anything that's ailing you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's what Paul is saying. The Bible works. The word of God works. There's power in the word of God and it works. So so the Bible is very relevant for every area in our lives. Amen. I, think about this. Whenever the Bible is, is lifted up and this nation was founded on biblical principles. Did you know the schools used to teach the Bible? And it was founded on biblical principles. And this nation, you know, is one of the greatest nations on planet Earth. And one of the wealthiest nations on planet Earth. If you ever go to these third world countries, and a lot of times they're worshiping false gods and idols, you'll find that they're the most poverty-stricken countries in the world. Think about that. Just look at how prosperous America is. Why? Because we built this nation on godly principles. And when you build your life on godly principles, principles, you can't help but be a success going somewhere to happen. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? So I'm telling you, we, we serve the living God. This nation, I believe, was ordained by God. Do you believe that today? And I'm telling you, God wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be blessed. Amen. You know, uh, the reason why I'm talking to you about the Bible and trying to get you excited about that. Is because the more you know about the Bible and how it's put together, I believe, the better you're going to know God. You know, I've been married for 11 years. And I'm just beginning to understand yen. <laughs> Anybody out here <laughs> just beginning to understand your spouse? Man, it reminds me of a story about this man that was walking in the, on the beaches of California. And he, and he came up and he saw a bottle. And um, he rubbed it and a genie popped out of it. And uh, Jesus said, what would you like? And he said, well, you know, I, I would lo- love to go to Hawaii, but I have a fear of flying and I do not. And I have a fear of drowning. I don't like boats. Can you build me a bridge to California to Hawaii? And so the, you know, the, the, 
uh, genie said, mm, that's, that's, that's a big, tall order. You know, that's a lot of concrete, a lot of rebar, a lot of steel. Uh, can you get, can you, what's your, what's your next request? And the guy said, well, can you uh, help me understand my wife? And the genie said, do you want one lane or two? What, 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 what am I saying here? I'm saying, you know, sometimes we, sometimes we don't understand our spouses like we need to understand them. And sometimes we don't understand the Bible like we... I knew you ladies would like that. Like we, ladies are complicated. But we don't understand them. Men are simple. But we don't... <laughs> Amen. No, okay. Uh, but... Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? That we need to understand our Bibles. Glory to God. I knew that would loosen you up this morning. Look at your neighbor and say, understand your Bible. So I believe this. The better you understand your Bible is going to be uh, the better relationship you're going to have with God. So let, let's, let's just talk about the Bible this morning uh, and, and, and talk about how it's put together. The Old Testament... Uh, the first five books of the Old Testament is called the Pentateuch, and it's called the, 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 the Book of Law. And, and, the, and so it goes through Genesis to Deuteronomy. And really, um, that's really where everything, uh, where all the laws were made up for the, the Israelites. That's where you get uh, the story of creation, the account of Adam and Eve, uh, the fall, the Cain, Cain and Abel, Noah... Um, Abraham, you know, Joseph. So, so you have all that in the book of the laws. And, and then you have Moses that, that received, he actually, um, he's actually wrote the first five books. A lot of people don't know that, but Moses was the, the writer. God inspired Moses to do that. And some say that he wrote it on Mount Sinai because, you know, while he was up with God on Mount Sinai, that he wrote the first five books of the Bible. Is that pretty awesome? And so it's powerful and Genesis and, and, and you should study these out because it, it, it's really a picture of Jesus. Amen. All every part of the Bible. I'm going to talk about that a little later. But 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 that's that's the first five books. It's called the law. The next group of books of the Bible is called historical sections. Twelve books in all through Joshua to Esther and its history of Israel as a nation. Uh, Joshua brings the children of Israel into the promised land. Prophets. And judges and priests and kings establishes the govern of Israel. Amen. And so, so we have the, that in, in the next group of books called the historical. And this is what's interesting about the history of Israel. And you could almost frame that to a history of a person that's saved. Because um, sometimes when we're Israel, what they would do is they would, they would follow God. And they would serve God and they would start getting blessed and then they would forget about God and backslide. And then they would start serving other gods and they'd get lukewarm. And then God, then, then, then the curse would come in and then they would cry back out to God and then God would come in and rescue them. And then they would serve God for a little bit and then they get comfortable. Is this like anybody's salvation experience? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes we, when it's good and there's no problems, we don't need to read the Bible. When it's good and there's no problems, we don't need to pray that much. When, when, when everything seems to be okay. No, no, no. You need God every day. If it's good or bad or indifferent, you need God. Amen. And so we can learn from uh, the Israelites 
and how they acted. And so the Bible talks about that, that the, that the stories of, of the Israelites, uh, the story of the Israelites going through their relationship with God, it does mirror our relationship at times with God. And so we can learn from what they did and not do what they did or repeat their mistakes. There, you know, there's two ways you're going you, to uh, not make mistakes. You're going you're gonna to learn from other people's mistakes. And that's the way I don't want to make mistakes. I want to learn what somebody else did, how they messed up, so I won't follow in that pattern. Or you're going to learn from your own mistakes and hopefully you don't repeat them. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so hopefully we're not going to repeat our mistakes. And so, but the Israelites did that over and over again. And, uh, you know, they came to a point where, you know, other uh, heathen governments started reigning and ruling over them. Amen. So, uh, so they went into exile and they were controlled and ruled by worldly governments. Uh, the next section is called the poetic section. This is Job through Song of Solomon. And, you know, one, I guess my two favorite books in the Old Testament is Psalms. Well, I do like Genesis. It is Psalms and Proverbs. Psalms and Proverbs. And it's called the poetic section. But you can learn a lot about God through reading the Psalms and reading Proverbs. Uh, there's 31 Proverbs. And I, 31 Proverbs. And I, and, and I believe it's one for every day of the month. Does anybody ever read Proverbs in here? Do you read it daily? Glory to God. But that will give you wisdom. And I don't know about you, but we, you know, a lot of times what we lack is wisdom. And so I like to read Proverbs and, and so I can learn how to deal with people, so I can learn what God likes. So, so I, you know, because God reveals in Proverbs and Psalms what he likes and what he doesn't like. And I, I, I want to stand with God. Amen. You know, I want to stand with what he likes. And if he doesn't like something, I don't like it. If he likes something, I like it. So what do we do? We get into the Psalms. We get into the Proverbs. We, we, we study uh, the character of God. Why? So his character can reflect our character. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so we, we want to have the character of God in our lives. Amen. And so the next, uh, uh, the next uh, uh, set of books is called the um, prophetic books. And these are, are based on prophecies. And it's, um, it's 17 books altogether. There's five major prophets and 12 minor prophets. And so what that means is that the major prophets have more writings and they're longer books. And the minor prophets have shorter books. And so these are, uh, th- these are prophetic books uh, written by prophets that, that foretell the coming of Jesus. There's over 300 prophecies that talks about G, the coming Messiah, Jesus. And it, and, it, and it talks about it in detail. I'll be talking more about that next week. But it talks about it more in detail about Jesus. I'm telling you, your Bible's awesome. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so these are uh, prophetic books. Amen. And then uh, four, there's a, a time span of about 400 years. And it, it goes silent in 400 years. And then that's when Jesus comes on the scene. Amen. And so Jesus comes on the scene after 400 years. And um, and I like what what the, the uh, what, what it says in, in the Bible. I think it's in, in Luke. 
uh, it talks about when Jesus was born, it said the angels were, were celebrating and said peace on earth and goodwill towards men. In other words, Jesus came to, to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? That's good news today. Because he's the, can somebody say the Prince of Peace? That's awesome. And so, so Jesus comes in and he's the coming Messiah to, to heal, deliver, and to set free, glory to God. He came to set the captives free. He, he came to tell the people, if you're poor, you don't have to be poor no more. If you're sick, you don't have to be sick no more. Because he is the coming Messiah. He is the Messiah that, that takes away, he's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And then you know what, what, what Jesus preached when he started preaching? A lot of people don't realize that. Of course, he preached the goodness of God. But one of the first things he preached after 400 years, what, what God had to say was repent. Yes. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? He told the people to repent. And what does that repent mean? It means turn from your, doing your thing and turn to doing God's thing. It means to change your mind. Yes. And so Jesus was telling them to repent don't go your way, go God's way. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It's, you know, a lot of times we have a tendency where we just want to do it our way. Where we just want to, you know, we, we want to do it our way. We want to be uh, hard about it. And we, 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 we want to focus on, on our way instead of God's way. And sometimes doing it our way or the world's way, sometimes it seems easier because sometimes there's shortcuts in our way. Some of us like to take shortcuts. But in God, there's no shortcuts. It takes a little longer with God. Anybody can, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I mean, I was having my taxes um, taken care of one time. And the tax guy was saying, well, we don't have to claim this. We can kind of shift this over here. I said, no, no, I, I want to claim everything I'm supposed to be claiming. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the dark anywhere. And my tax account was the first time I, 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 I used this guy. He was recommended. But he was saying, he, he looked at me like I was a fool. <laughs> like I was stupid. Why? Because I want to do things right. Amen. I'm a Christian. So, so as Christians, we don't lie, we don't cheat, and we don't steal. Amen. Amen? In other words, we try to live our, our life to what, Jesus, what God wants us to live. Upright before him. So why, why do we do this? So we can sleep at night. So we can have peace, yes. Amen. We, we follow God so we can have the, the Prince of Peace, so we can have the joy of the Lord in our lives. That's why we follow God. We follow God because we love God. And he gave his son for us. Amen. And so, and so we're, 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 we're going to talk about the four Gospels this morning as well. And this is in the New Testament and a lot of people, I guess you, you know, I'm probably talking, preaching to the choir this morning. You probably know all this, but it's, it's a good reminder. But the four Gospels is the account of the life of Jesus by four different people, by in, in four different viewpoints. Amen. Uh, the book of Matthew was directed, directed mainly to the Jews. The purpose was to show overwhelming evidence through prophecy that Jesus was the Messiah and that he had the power to take away sin. The first miracle recorded in Matthew was Jesus cleansing a leper. The leper was a view of a punishment for sin. The cleansing the leper signified taking away the sin of the nation. Think about that. 
so, so there's, 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 a, there's a lot of prophetic in the Gospels. And, and the, the, the thing is, Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. And it was really directed towards the Jews. And um, I don't know if you ever heard about uh, the five faces of Jesus. But, but uh, this right here is, the, is, is what uh, Jesus is, is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The Lion of the Tribe of Judah. The second, second um, gospel is, is, is the gospel of Mark. And Mark's account was written to the Romans. And his purpose was to pray Jesus as the obedient servant. Mark is called a snapshot gospel, giving us a picture after picture of Jesus in action. Think about that. So, so if, you, if you understand a little bit about the Gospels, I really believe it's going to bring you closer to God. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. And so, so we're talking about Mark and, um, and, that he, uh, and really he's, it portrays Jesus as a servant. You know, we, you know, we're not just sons, we're servants. And Jesus is the servant of all. He said, I didn't come to be served but to serve and give my life as a ransom. Amen. We can learn about that. I'm telling you, if we, we need to learn to live a servant life. In other words, we need to be serving one another, praying for one another, blessing one another. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And of course, uh, this represents, you know, there's, there's a, uh, I think it's called a seraphim. And it's in the book of Revelation, the book of Daniel. And this seraphim had, had four faces. And, and, and one of the face was of a lion. The other face of an... Anybody ever heard this before? Of, of an ox. Another face of a face of a man. Amen. And, and another face, a face of an eagle. And, and, this, and some scholars say that's, that's how the, the Gospels were set up. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so the third uh, gospel it was written by Luke. Luke. Luke account portrays Jesus as the son of man. So that would be the face of a man. And Luke represents the human side of Jesus and emphasizes his teachings. It was directed to the Greeks. Amen. And so we see here that, um, that Luke portrays the humanity of Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In other words, Jesus was 100% man, but he was 100% God. Jesus got tired. Jesus got weak. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He wasn't walking in his deity. He wasn't walking as God. He was God in the flesh, but he was walking under the power of the Holy Spirit like the prophets of old walked. The prophets walked under God and the spirit of God would come upon the prophets to prophesy. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so Jesus had normal feelings. He he had humanity about him. That's why he's called our high priest. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus qualifies. Can I say that? Jesus qualifies to be your high priest. Why? Because he suffered. He suffered like a regular. A lot of people don't think he sweated. A lot of people think, man, Jesus didn't need any deodorant. He was, he probably needed some deodorant at times. Why? Because he was in a, he was in a body, flesh and blood, just like we did. You know, Jesus had to wash his feet. Amen. He, you know, it wasn't like somebody said, you know, uh, Buddha. They said everywhere Buddha walked, you know, it was, you know, that, that, that flowers grew. Under his feet, you know, 
But no, I'm telling you, that's Buddha. And, and we don't worship. I'm glad we don't worship Buddha. Glory to God. Why? Because Buddha's still in the grave. I'm glad we don't worship Muhammad. Why? Because Muhammad's still in the grave. I, I, I'm glad we don't worship Joseph Smith. Why? Because those gold tablets, where are they? <laughs> Anybody know anything about the Mormon religion? He said there was these gold tablets that came down, and that's how he wrote the Book of Mormon, right? The Book of Boron. No, I won't go there, but are you hearing what I'm saying to you? <laughs> Glory to God. Boy, some of you might catch my humor. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so, so Jesus has qualified. Say he has qualified, he has qualified. to be our high priest. Glory to God. And so, and so in, in, in the, the gospel of John, Jesus is the son of God. Amen. Jesus has always been with God. He is the word made flesh. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? He is deity. And so that represents the eagle. And, uh, and so, so that's the fourth face, the eagle. He, the eagle uh, is the, 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 the master bird in the air, glory to God. And, it's the, and, and so Jesus is the master God-man for us, amen. He is seated in a, in a heavenly throne at the right hand of the Father God. And guess what? We're seated in heavenly places with him because we're the church. Say, you're the church. Glory to God. God is so, I'm trying to make this more exciting than what it really is. <laughs> Sometimes just getting information may not be as exciting, but hopefully, you know, you're getting to know a little bit more about, um, about, about the word of God. Amen. Uh, the book of Acts is the next thing. Uh, well, let me just say this. The miracle of Jesus turning the water to wine uh, and, and the book of John was really written to the church. So if you're going to read any of the Gospels, really, the Gospel that's really focused to the church is the... How many people like the Gospel of John in here? Amen. Good. If you didn't raise your hand, I was, going to, I was going to call you up for being a backslider. Glory to God. But are you listening to me? The book, the, the book of John was written, and, and the first miracle uh, that, uh, that Jesus performed in the book of John was turning water to wine. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, it, well, I won't tell that joke, but it turned water to wine. Amen. And, and, and the Lord revealed something to me about that. Uh, I ministered to this before, but the Lord revealed to me the significance of turning the water to wine. And it was all about covenant. Because, see, it, was, it, it, it talks about that it, the third day they were invited to a wedding on the third day. Jesus was raised on the third day. Amen. And so they were invited to a wedding on the third day and notice it was a wedding. So that 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 signifies covenant, a man and a woman come together. You know, we as a church, we're considered the bride of Christ. Amen. Yes. Amen. You're considered the bride of Christ. And so and so and so uh, a covenant between a man and woman, they were invited on the third day and then then uh uh, Mary, uh, Jesus' mother said, hey, Jesus, they're out of wine. Do something. And, Mary, and, and uh, Jesus said, woman, what do I have to do with you? My time has not come. Has anybody ever read that? My but, but you know what? It couldn't have been not his time to do a miracle because if you read on. He did the miracle. So what was Jesus talking about? 
Well, I really believe this, and the revelation I received was Jesus was here to do a couple things. He was here to, yes, to, to pay for mankind's sin, but he was also here to send us the Holy Spirit. So, so we could have our comforter. Is that right? So Jesus came to pay, well, pay for mankind's sin, whip the devil, amen, and, and, and uh, send the Holy Spirit. And when, G- when Jesus uh, heard, uh, you know, we're out of wine, Jesus says, not my time. You know what I believe he was saying? It's not my time to give you the new wine, the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It's not my time because I'm here to pay for sins, but I'm here to send the Holy Spirit to abide in each believer. Glory to God. Amen. We don't have just an external uh, uh, relationship with God. We have an internal relationship with God. Glory to God. You know, God could have filled you with an angel, but, but he wouldn't trust an angel to, 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 for you to, to, to fill you with. No, he filled you with himself. Thank you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? There was nobody qualifies but the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And so what happened? You know, he said, uh, you know, Jesus said, of course, the mother says, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. And, of course, that's where all the preachers tell you, whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. You know? and it but they, they took six water pots, uh, uh, I think nine gallons. And Jesus said, fill them to the brim. And the number six, if you're in numerology, the number six stands for man. Man was created on the sixth day. And Jesus said, fill those pots with water. Think about it, that. That took some faith. Because they needed wine. You know, fill those pots with water. So they filled the pots with water. And, the, and, and then, uh, then Jesus said, take it to the headmaster of the wedding. And he tried it. He said, in, normally in Jewish customs, you serve the good wine first. And then when everybody drunk the good wine, then you serve the cheap wine. But you chose, chose to serve the best to last. And what the Lord revealed to me is that he came uh, to fill mankind like those six pots with himself. Amen. And he came to bring us together because wine signifies the blood of Jesus. Amen. And, and, and signifies covenant through the blood. Are you catching it, guys? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And, 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 and so when the, when the headmaster said, you, you chose to serve the best last, talking about the better covenant is served last. We have a better covenant. We're not in an old covenant system. Amen. Glory to God. We're not in a sacrifice. It's a good thing for that. I'm glad when I, when I sin, I don't have to go find a, a, an animal, go to the priest, have him cut the throat. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I sin. That's, here's my animal. Uh, here's my, my trespass offering right here. I'm glad, I don't have, I'm glad my trespass offering is Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying Amen. to you today? You, Amen. So any, the better covenant was served last. You chose to serve the best last. Does that make sense to you today? And really, that, that signifies our relationship with God is that it's a relationship uh, and it's based on the blood of Jesus, glory to God. And it's based on us having a relationship with God. Now, the next book is the book of Acts. And, and, the, and the book of Acts is, is really, it's a snapshot of how the church started. And, you know, we try to, um, we try to, you know, be like the church of Acts. You know, I, I want to have miracles in the church and we've seen miracles. You know, we, we've prayed for people. I'm believing to see more miracles. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'm believing to see the miracles of Jesus in your lives. And we've seen them. We've seen God just do the miraculous. 
I mean, I mean, it's, it's cool that people are getting better jobs. It's cool that people are not going to jail. It's cool. I mean, all of that's cool. You know, that's, that's great. You know, they're getting, but I, but I want to see even greater works. Anybody believing for a miracle healing in the place today? I'm telling you, God is a healer. And, you know, Jesus, somebody say Jesus the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so, so Jesus is the same. Amen. And so the, the books of Acts is a historical record of the first church. We model ourselves after that. The next section in the New Testament is called the epistles. And that's a fancy word for letters. Someone might, might think and thought that the epistles was the wives of the apostles. But the epistles are not the wives. Amen. Glory to God. You've heard that one before. But the epistles are the letters written to the church. And, you know, and that's uh, and the letters written to the church uh, helps us. To uh, understand our walk with God. It actually, uh, it, it gives us teaching on how to walk with God. It, it, if you're a new believer, you should be reading the letters written to the church. Why? Because we're the church. And so it should help us to navigate this Christian life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so it's 21 books uh, through Romans, through Jew. Uh, I'm sorry, it's... it's uh, it's, it's epistles, 21 books. I don't think so. Yeah, it is. 21 books, Romans through Jude. And then the last book is the book of Revelation. And that's the book of uh, the apocalypse, as some would call it. And it's, it's, it talks about the last days and eternity. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So today I'm going to try to uh, just give you a snapshot of the Bible. And I'm going to finish up with that. So really, um, it's, it's called the mirror image of the Bible. And you're going to see how it kind of goes into a circle. Uh, you know, the Bible starts off with God and righteous man in paradise. Man has a relationship unhindered with his creator as God. And Adam and Eve are perfect with no issues. So Adam and Eve have a perfect uh, relationship with God with no issues. You know, the issues came in when sin came in. You know, Adam and Eve, they were, it's called the, the age of innocence. They were righteous and they were innocent. You know, the Bible talks about in the New Testament, we need to be concerning uh, righteousness. We need to be experts in righteousness concerning sin. We don't want to go there. In other words, we want to stay as innocent as we, you don't study sin to get out of sin. You don't study the, the, the darkness. No, you study the light. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? You don't want to put yourself in, in an area of darkness to see how bad that is and see how big God's grace is. Oh, you, hear, you don't want to dabble in that area. No, you want to stay innocent. And so we see that, that it starts off with innocent man. Of course, number two, Satan enters the picture and Adam and sin comes in. And what sin does, it separates us from the goodness of God. It actually, uh, it actually... It tries to change who, who, what our image is of, of, of ourselves and our image of God. Instead of God being the heavenly father, God becomes the harsh judge. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? When we're in sin, as, even as a believer, God doesn't, we lose the, the idea that God's the heavenly merciful father. No, no, we, we start thinking God's going to be the judge. That's why you don't want to be in sin. You want to be in the son. 
Amen. And so sin, what it did was separated Adam and Eve from really the, the reality of who they were. And, it, and they and, and the spiritual light went dark in their lives. We don't want the spiritual life going dark. and all. That's why we want to be in church as often as we can. That's why we want to read the word as often as we can. That's why we want to we want to listen to worship music. Glory to God. I started doing that more. I, I want to spend at least an hour a day just worshiping the Lord. I was, I was listening to music this week and, and the Lord just prompted me, you need to worship me more. You're good with the word. You're good with prayer. But that, I'm telling you, you're, you're kind of falling down on worship. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, you know, we need to be worshiping God. In other words, you need to get your favorite worship artists and you need to be listening to them. In other words, some of you might still be listening to secular music. And, you know, I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I'm just saying that it's better to listen to worship music. So why? Because you keep your mind stayed on Christ. What will happen? He will keep you in what? Perfect peace. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so I, I'm encouraging you to, to change your music. There's every genre you can find in Christian. You can find Christian jazz. You can find Christian country. You can find every genre and just switch that out. Why? So you can be focused on Jesus. The, what the enemy wants us to do is he doesn't want us to be focused on Jesus. And the enemy wants us to get a hard heart. In other words, our hearts can get hardened over the, thi- you know, over the things of God. In other words, we don't hear God like we need to hear God. We don't worship God like we need to. Wor- Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so, so sin will separate us. And so sin. So the next thing that happened in history is sin that goes unchecked for a period of time. God has to judge. I want to say that again, if you don't judge yourself, the Bible says this is a way you, you want to get out of judgment. How many people want to get out of judgment? The Bible says if you don't want God to judge you, then you judge yourself. In other words, before you get busted, fess up. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Before you get caught. You know, and now you're sorry. That's that's the world. That's the, the sorrow of the world. They get caught and they're sorry they were caught. But, you know, true repentance is a heart's sorrow that you sin against God. Amen. And when you have a heart sorrow that you sin against God and you truly repent, then that takes away that, that spirit of condemnation that tries to enter in into our life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So sin that's unchecked, God's going to have to judge. In other words, God will give you grace. To repent, but you need to repent within the grace. Because the Bible says you don't want to frustrate the grace of God. And the Bible says we can. I, you know, I, I thought his mercies are renewed every morning. They are, but you can frustrate the grace of God. Amen. The Bible actually says you can insult the spirit of grace. Woo, glory to God. I don't want to insult the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to make sure I, that, that I'm, I'm walking in humility under the mighty hand of God. And then the fourth, you know, see, so, so sin unchecked. So God had to destroy the human race. And he had to start over with Noah. So he, he actually had the flood. You know all that. And then, then God repopulated the earth with Noah's family. And, but guess what? They went back into sin. And so they went back into sin. And what, what did they do? You know, Noah's family, they, they, they repopulated the earth. And then what happened? They went to the Tower of Babel, right? They wanted to raise up a tower and they wanted to make a name for themselves. Be careful with trying to make a name for yourself. You need to make a name for God. 
And they were trying to make a name for themselves. And they were trying to get, they were trying, they weren't worshiping God trying to build a tower. They were worshiping the devil. They were trying to say that they're equal with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So they, they tried, and then God had to come down. And what was amazing about this story is God looked at what they were doing and said they were, they were in unity and said whatever they proposed to do, if they stayed in unity, they would be able to do. In other words, this talks about the power of unity. And if ungodly people can get unified and do some things, what happens when a church gets unified? What happens when we start standing together? What happens when we start doing? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this place will be so full in, in, in weeks. When we start coming together, praying, witnessing, and inviting people in, I'm telling you, we get in unity. The power of God and the blessings of God is on unity. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But they, they, they try to build a tower. It's called the Tower of Babel. And God confused their language. And that's when nations were born. Glory to God. And so God decided to do something. He decided to do something with Abraham. And so he decided to have, a, 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 you know, of course, let me just say this, that when they, when they tried to build that tower, it, it was a one world government system that God was splitting up. And so, so, it, it, so in the Old Testament, they were trying to do a one world government system. And then, of course, then God made a way through Abraham. And so they had 12 tribes and God wanted to govern those 12 tribes of Israel. But you know what? Those, those, the Israelites couldn't keep the laws. Why? Because it was external and it wasn't internal. The reason why you want to serve God is not because you're doing it externally. It's because you're doing it internally. God draws you to himself. Thank God for that. You, you, you couldn't even get saved by yourself. You, you can't even serve God by yourself. You think it was your great idea to get saved. No, it was God's idea. God drew you out of darkness, opened your eyes, revealed some truth. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God that when I was there in that party, when I was 20 years of age and I was drinking a beer. But back, back then you could be 20 and drink. OK, and um, you could be, you could drink at 18. Anybody remember those days? Now it's 21, right? It's 21. OK, I'll pray for you. But uh, but at those days, it was 18 years of age. I guess they figured you go to war and, get, and die in war at 18. I guess you can drink. OK, but uh, now it's 21. I'm, I'm glad they, they raised the age limit because there's not a lot of maturity at 18. But anyway, um, and so and I was sitting there and the Lord revealed to me is this is all life is about. Is life about just going to one party to the next. Is this what life is all about? And I started thinking, man, I was sad. And God was revealing some truth to me that life is more about more than just, you know, going to one party and going to the next party and going to the next party. No, no, there is purpose in life. And God created us for a purpose. And we got to find out what that purpose is and walk in that purpose. Are you listening to me today? And so so a one world government system. So and Abraham uh, of course, the 12 tribes of Israel and God tried to work with them, but they couldn't follow it. And so and so number six, uh, uh, Jesus is really the theme of the Bible. And Jesus came in. And what did Jesus do? This is the mirror image. Jesus, you know, they had 12 tribes that God tried to work through. But Jesus had 12 disciples. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so he had 12 disciples that followed him, and so he could teach them the ways of God. Amen? But even though that, and then the church developed, glory to God, and and now even today, people are rejecting the Bible. People are rejecting God. People don't want to have anything to do with the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, 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 So today, we're headed towards a one world government. That, that's, you know, can I get a little political for a moment? That, that's why, you know, they, they, you know, some of these people want open borders and they want all this. Why? They want a one world government, really. They, they want everything to be one order. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And we're going towards a one order society. And, you know, I, I, it could be a one order monetary. I'm telling you, no, you know, you know that's, what, that's what the enemy wants. He, wants. he wants a one world government and that's controlled by fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so, and so, uh, so God's going to have to judge and, um, and he's going to have to judge the world and he will judge the world. And do you know that God's going uh, to uh, destroy this world? A lot of people don't realize that. They think, well, no, you know, heaven or no, God's going to remake the earth and he's going to remake heaven. He's going to bulldoze it down. You ever you ever see those restaurants that they seem to, I don't know, for some reason, a restaurant would be up for 10 years and then they knock it down and they rebuilt it. Have you ever noticed that? You think that's a waste of money. You know, you know why did they do that? Why? Because they, they're because things change. Things get old. And, you know, I really believe that God wants to make a new heaven and new earth because sin has tainted heaven and sin has tainted the earth. What do I mean by that? I mean that the devil, Lucifer, was in heaven and he tainted heaven. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying? So God said, I'm going to make it all new again. I'm going to make it better as if it hasn't existed before. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word will not pass away. Though if you got the word of God in you, you're not going anywhere. I hope that's good English. If you got the word of God in you, you're, you're going to be fine. And Danny, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So God's going to judge the world like he judged in Noah's day. And then, and then Satan and sin will exit just like Satan and sin entered in in Genesis Satan and sin will exit our lives amen everything will be thrown you know hell and and Satan and the false prophets and all the unbelievers you know it's going to be a bad day Jesus said that's the worst day I heard one person said they had a uh, vision of Jesus and Jesus said one of the worst days of his life is coming and that's when he's going to have to say to part of his creation depart from me I never knew you Jesus doesn't want to say that to his creation. And he's going to, that's going to be the darkest day for Jesus is when he's going to have to say goodbye to part of his creation that wasn't willing to bow their knee to Jesus. But they're going to bow because every knee shall bow, every tongue shall come. In. You may not bow, you know, now, but you're going to bow in, in, in the sweet by and by. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I'd rather bow now. I'd rather get humble now. I'd rather walk in humility. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm telling you, God has so many good things for us. Hallelujah. And then, and then we're back where we started. Adam and Eve was in, the par- in paradise. We're back in paradise or in heaven. 
We're, we're the righteousness of God. We're the redeemed man and righteous man. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It was a, it's a mirror image. See, listen, the reason why you're not too satisfied right now in your life, you shouldn't be that satisfied. You, say, well, you may say, well, I'm pretty satisfied, Pastor. Everything's going good. No, no, I'm telling you, there should be something in you that should be longing for heaven. There should be something in you that says this life, it's good. No matter how good it gets down here, it's good. All things are, are that God has made for us to enjoy. Don't get me wrong. But you know what? It's not heaven. And heaven is, 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 is called in the Hebrew uh, or in the Greek the, a resort. In other words, that's what heaven's going to be like. It's going to be like the greatest resort you've ever been to. It's going to be joy inexpressibly full of glory. It's going to... God's... Says he's going to, Jesus, I'm going to wipe away your tears in heaven. You're going to be full of joy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it may be hard down here. We may have some hard days, but it's, it's not going to compare to the wonderful days we're going to have in heaven. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? God is awesome. And God's word is powerful. And when we get a better understanding of the word of God, I believe it's going to bring us closer to Jesus. Did you receive something this morning? Glory to God. I try to make it exciting as possible. Hallelujah. How many people are getting into their Bibles more and more? Amen. Glory to God. Let's let's go in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. And I just thank you, Father, for these precious people this morning. I thank you, Father God, that they have a heart for you. They could be doing so many other things, but they chose to come to church and serve you. I thank you for those that are watching online. They could be watching something else, but they chose to watch this message online. Perhaps you, you're not in that place that you need to be. And you know, you, you, you may be even saved, but, but, but you, your walk is not where it needs to be. And you, you, you need to move forward in Christ. Amen. You want to make a step back to God. You, you, your walk is a little dry. Well, you can do it today. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. All you have to do is pray a simple prayer and you can get a relationship or you can start moving forward with God. Amen. Just say this if you're ready to do that this morning. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised in the dead for my justification. Jesus, I'm turning my back on sin and the world. And I'm turning fully to you. Receive me as your child. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit and the reality of Jesus in my life. In Jesus' name. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 